Hello everyone, my name is Monica Gleberman, and you're listening to Silence On Set Podcast. So I wanted to start off with, first of all, I love the movie. I think it's fantastic. The content, the story, so much of it I did not know. So I was very excited, but the song, some of the songs I knew. So I just found it very interesting. So I wanted to kind of start off with Ethan. If you yeah. can tell me why this subject matter in particular and why kind of following the story of Mark Bolin and T-Rex, like why all of that was so important. Okay, I'll try to be <laughs> brief. It's a big, it's a big question. It's important to me for so many reasons, but I really took this these few years as an opportunity to educate myself because I was aware of some of the hits, but as an American, you know, I didn't really know Mark's music that well. And over a period of three weeks, my producing partner on this, Bill Kerbishley, said I had to hear T-Rex. I had to know it better for another project we were working on. And I listened to every song I could find and I was, first of all, completely blown away by the music, the artistry. And then the second thing that started happening as I was going through the catalog, which is the influence, because I do know a lot about a lot of other musicians and a lot of other bands. And I couldn't believe what I was hearing, which was a lot of his influence. And I didn't understand why he was not a bigger name in the way of Elton John, David Bowie, Freddie Mercury, Rod Stewart, all his contemporaries who have these iconic names. Now in the UK, his name still means as much to uh, on that level, but I wanted to figure this out. I wanted, so it became a quest. I was just trying to educate myself and figure this out. And then one thing led to another and I had this idea and I said, Bill, let's make a record. I'm not a record producer, but I said, let's make a record. And he said, great idea, brilliant idea, but things are such in the, in the music business right now, no one's going to pay for it. So I called a week later and I said, how about this? How about if I film it and we do a film that goes with the record? And he said, okay, I'll get some money for that. But by this time I was so obsessed and possessed with Mark's music that I just couldn't stop. And it was just each time something would happen that would make me go further. And that's been the story of making this film. And so many people came on from Hal Wilner forward who just kept the energy and the love going that it's like, okay, I'll keep going. And that's it in very general terms of, of why I did this and how I did it. Yeah, I can actually completely understand because when I was watching it, I started some of the songs I knew right away. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't know that he sang those songs because I'm from the U.S. And then I started researching and then I just went down a rabbit hole of all sorts of songs. And now I'm like obsessed. So I can understand that. Gloria and then obviously Roland, it's an honor to meet you guys. It was great seeing everything 
with you in the movie. I wanted to ask you guys, how was it, you know, when Ethan came to you with the idea? Because, you know, it could be hard. Obviously, you know, you lost Mark. So you lost your father, Gloria. You lost, you know, someone that you had been with for a long time. So when someone comes to you, what made you guys open to the idea of kind of reliving his history and his past? I would say that it is a difficult situation, but also my dad, his music really planted such a great, you know, foundation for so many other artists. When Ethan contacted me, we had an opportunity to meet and I met him and Bill and everything from that point on was very organic. The timing was right. It just seemed very sincere. And I really believed in the project that they were putting together. I don't know. It was just kind of something that was kind of meant to be, you know, at times it can be very protective, but then also when you get a good feeling about something, we just kind of let it go from there. And basically it's been an incredible journey. And then at that point, my mom was in Sierra Leone and that's when she kind of came into the picture. And out there in the bush, but it, it was quite exciting that Roland would embrace his mom and the children of Sierra Leone to be involved in this project. And it's very emotional for me because Ethan absolutely grabbed something from my heart that I had not given in a long time. And that was trust and love. And as a family, we, we love him and appreciate him. Now we have Mike, we have this big family, Bill and Isaac, so, so many. And we have our, our great friend, friend and brother, Tony Mann, who's always been here in New York for us. But you are an angel and, and thank you for embracing and loving the film. I haven't seen it. Just tell me, how does my hair look? Oh, <laughs> you, you look good. You both look good. Don't worry. I'm relaxing and I look, I will relax my producer. <laughs> no, you look, you look the same as the last time I saw you. And I was literally like, right away, I was like, Tainted Love. And I started thinking of all the stuff that you've done and you look exactly the same. So you have an age today. Thank you. But, you know, it was Roland's choice to not see the film until it was finished. And I did offer a chance for Gloria who saw a section of it because of something she had to approve that was shot in Africa. But our work together, Gloria, our interviews together happened, they were the last interviews and they were done during the pandemic. And the Wi-Fi and other issues were problematic. And we are now sitting in the offices of Michael Marinelli at Sonic Union in New York, who fixed everything and made Gloria's words and energy come to life. And I really was nervous about showing it to Gloria only for that reason, because the Zoom stuff was a little iffy and now I'm very proud of it. And I'm very proud of what we did together, what all of us did together, and what Mike sitting Thank over you. there, again, offering us his beautiful digs here to, so we could all be together with you. So that's why, well, Roland did not want to see it until it was completely finished. 
and Gloria, I was nervous about because of the Zoom stuff. And I thought, oh, she's going to think this is Amateurville. And I did. So, so that's, so that's why I don't, I wasn't keeping it from them. Oh, no. I mean, no. that's. that's but one thing about this also is, is interesting is because of the pandemic and just become the timing after my dad was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, I think there's an even greater audience that's going to be able to appreciate in it and really like kind of dissect this film and, you know, go down the rabbit hole of the music. Cause even myself, my mom, I thought everyone else's dad was a rock star growing up, but you know, but it was one thing that, you know, these projects keep the legacy alive and keep my dad's energy alive. So. So obviously it's been, a long time since Marco is with us, but do you see lasting influences of him and his music today? And if so, where do you see them? I hear it in so many, you know, there's a lot of, you know, even from me growing up with Billy Idol, Def Leppard, Boy George, and then now you can hear with Borns, who's on the album as well. Yeah, obviously Oasis. Sometimes the White Stripes, Jack White has that essence. There's always, yeah. you know. Harry Styles, Lady Gaga. Sorry, I think they're wonderful, but you know, no Mark Bowler, Black no T-Rex, no Harry Styles, no Lady Gaga. It's simple. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I think they, I don't think they would be offended by my saying that. So, but it's, it's there and it will be there for a long time. And there's a lot of new movements with the youth. And uh, that's what's exciting for us as well, because Mark always reached the youth and he never had age. There was never a factor with age. But I noticed now I was at a jewelry store in Pennsylvania and there was a little girl five years of age. and She had Mark's t-shirt on and she walks up to me and she says, do you know him? And I was like, what is this little girl talking about my man, you know? And it was so cute because she knew Mark and she had the t-shirt on and her mom probably was a T-Rex fan, but she was in love with Mark. And I thought it was so cute when she says, well, do you know him? So now there's a child. She's probably around eight or nine now. So she's growing up with his music. And I think that's what this film is relating, that music will never die and that we can always appreciate and learn. And for Ethan, who is a professor, he, does, he didn't tell you who he was, but I mean, he's, this is a big guy here in New York. <laughs> and he was willing to learn. He said that Mark became his PhD. And I think that's what Mark's life was about. You know, he believed his words. He believed the hype. He was a great artist and a creator. And I think that's what we, we have accomplished here. You know, we're in like 2022 and it's just like, he's just coming up now with these songs. When you hear Get It On, Bang It Gone, it's still fresh. And that's over, what, how many years? That's, that's a lot of years. But now it's in Top Gun and, it is? and yes, and Nobi, 
of Slade. It was played during the Queen's Jubilation on their bus. So, I mean, it's just wonderful. So, I would say his influences are still around. What song is in Top Gun? Banger Gong? Yes. Wow. That's <laughs> yeah, it, play, it plays in one of the scenes. I noticed it right away, too. Like, when they're getting on the bus or they're all, like, about to travel, and it comes on. Cool. Yes, so oh, it's, it's just a blessing, and he's with us. But also, we must say, sound. And Ethan said to me, by Michael coming into our lives, he actually took this film up another level. And sound is very, very important. And Mark believed in sound. When he was in the studio, he could tell the engineer, I need you to tweak this, or I need more of this from my pig nose. They would hire large um, amplifiers. And he would just say, no, no. And he would go to the limo and bring out his little pig nose. And he would was able to get that sound and that's on the Nutbush City Limits with Ike and Tina Turner. And so that's Mark's guitar there. Yeah, I took that section, I took the, that story is not in the film. I had to, I had to make some cuts, but one of my favorite, in fact, I think my favorite Ike and Tina song is Nutbush City Limits. And I did ask Gloria, I said, is it true that Mark was playing yes. guitar? Because you can hear it sounds like Mark Bolin. I said, is, the, is that a rumor? Is it true? And she said, no, it's true because I was there yes. in the studio yes. because Gloria used to sing back up in the studio for Miss Turner. Gloria is a, a very, she plays it down, but Gloria is a very important artist. She was a producer and arranger and singer for Motown. She worked and wrote for Gladys Knight and the Pips, but she was in on a lot of very heavy sessions a lot of songs that people know that gloria does not sing her own praises enough but she's very very important in our music history we could do a whole movie on gloria i grew up listening to gloria so i i grew up listening to the songs that you recorded yourself and my parents were very big on saying you know, oh, did you know that they didn't write the song? Gloria wrote the song. So I actually was super excited to have you on because I was like, oh my God, I'm talking to Gloria Jones because I grew up listening to a lot of uh, the stuff that you did um, when you were in Motown and all the songs that you wrote on. And then to leave and a lot of the stuff that you did with Mark was influenced by a lot of a lot of the work that you did too. So yeah, I was very excited to have you on today. <laughs> well, I, I hope that this will continue and... Um... We, we're just so happy to be in this family and I hope we can present more things. Roland happens to be an incredible artist, uh, writer and producer and singer. And so maybe an actor. We were speaking about his acting when he was in college, but he's very talented as well. And uh, I told him that it's now time for us to him he's like oh mom please don't do all of this but i'm i'm just happy for my son and our family and my sons and and i have grandsons and three great granddaughters and two granddaughters and so i my life is is really growing and and i'm just so happy for this moment i said i want people to know not just gloria the singer but gloria the human
you know. And then I have 3,000 children in Africa. We have our little orphans over there at the uh, school, Mark Boland School of Music and Film that Roland has helped us with and Tony Mann. But I, I could go on and on, but I just want to say, tell the people to come and to see this wonderful film because it is, I know it's going to be amazing. I, I can't wait. I'm so nervous. In fact, I'm talking too much now. Let me calm down. <laughs> Gloria's one of those people who just can't help caring about other people. We were just down the block before we came up here. We were having lunch at a restaurant and there was an older woman in a wheelchair with her aide and they were looking for a spot and Gloria actually helped them find a table, put them together down the street. And then we were leaving because we had to come up here and do this. That's who Gloria Jones is, okay? The rest of us are just getting by. <laughs> oh my God. That's great. So Roland, do you ever feel like the pressure of having Mark as a father and then Gloria as a mother? And like, how do you work on fulfilling that legacy? Well, I have to be say I was very blessed. My mom raised me, kind of raised me as if, or basically I was raised in Los Angeles in America. So discovered my father's legacy over the years when I went back to England. But I'd have to say at times, you know, it just was something that I think by going into the music industry and being a writer myself, it was able to help me connect with my father and my mom's legacy. I've never, I realize it's so difficult, but making music was able, was a way for me to kind of express myself and to connect to it. So I, you know, it's a double-edged sword. It's opened up a lot of doors for me, but then also at times, you know, I definitely don't want to embarrass my parents, but it was, it's just a matter of believing in yourself. And I think at some point, everyone should get involved a little bit and just express themselves. But, you know, at this point, I'm very grateful that I could be a part of these projects. And for years, it was kind of difficult because it was losing a father and this, some of the things that just kind of learning and developing from it. But now to represent my father and, you know, to be a part of this is, is great. I'm, I'm thankful that I can watch this and can learn and other people and when I meet all the fans, it's exciting. It's truly exciting. Roland, you did such a great job in, in the film. Talk about him. I loved at the end when we see like that, you know, when he was inducted and all, all the stuff. But I was curious for you, because you were so young, when you were watching it, or if you saw parts of it, your dad talks about you so much and how excited he was to, you know, be a parent. And ultimately he was slowly starting to change kind of some of his habits and things that he was doing because he was a parent. So is that cool to see those kind of videos? Did you, were you aware those things existed before? Like, how did that feel? Cause he talks so highly of you and like, any interview I looked up, he was just beaming that he had a son. Yeah, you know, it was kind of difficult at first really kind of watching those because I could have played the pity role of, oh, I lost my father, but then I embraced that footage and understanding of how much I meant to him. And, you know, not a day goes by, I wonder what my life would be like if he was still here, if we were all yes. here together, sitting on this couch, you know, and, but I've just kind of taken the positive with, things out of it and 
I know he'd be proud of what we're doing and how people to this day are still yes. embracing his music. So, you know, I'd say, I wish he was right here right now, but I'm happy with what we have. So for me, I would say it's exciting to be here and, you know, I think he'd be very proud. And I definitely think he'd be very proud. And you, by the way, when I was watching it, I mean, you are like a twin. I mean, like you look just like him. So like right away, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> when they showed you, so I, uh, just so you know, I mean, you look just like your dad, like it's crazy. So I wanted to ask all three of you, coming from someone, like I said, I'm from the States. I've heard like some of the songs I didn't know that they were his. And then I went down the rabbit hole, which uh, <laughs> I guess I share with Ethan, <laughs> where I just, you know, kind of fell into it. And Gloria, I grew up like listening to you. Roland, I got to learn so much about you. This film, I think, is so monumental for people of, of various ages. Because I'm 35. There's going to be younger, younger people that are following him, that are listening to him, into his music. And then there's people that are my age or older that might look him up or research from this movie. So I just wanted to get your reaction on the fact that not only is it done so well, and we get to learn so much about him, but it causes you to research and go down a rabbit hole of just constant songs. And I mean, I looked up right on Apple iTunes and there was right away, there was his essentials and every song that you should like ha have to have on your, on your like list. So for you guys, how do you feel? I know Gloria, you said you were nervous about it, hearing kind of all of this and probably both our reactions of us kind of going down that rabbit hole. What do you guys feel? Are you guys excited to hear how everyone's gonna kind of react and following Ethan's footsteps that I think? <laughs> well, well, first of all, I'm not a famous professor. I am a teacher right down the street at Parsons in the Design and Technology MFA. So I think like a teacher. So I have hopefully inspire students. I hopefully inspire other people. So it's a role I've become used to. And I I really do want to do that with this film, Monica. I, I that that was my purpose. That's what I wanted. And because I'm in that role with young people, uh, it's natural for me. And and that that was my goal. That is my goal. So there's that. But the other thing is, quite frankly, I've only been around except the times where there were maybe a lot of people in the studio, I've been around very, very few people on this project. And much of it has just been me and an editor, or me and Michael, or me and Gloria on Zoom, or me calling a zillion people and begging them or doing whatever I was doing. Uh, so I have been really in the bunker for quite a long time. So I'm in a bit of a state of shock right now. The fact that I'm going to walk into a room on Friday night and there's going to be more than 10 people there is so shocking to me that I have to prepare myself for that because I have been, as I said, like down that rabbit hole, but literally and sometimes alone and often with a few other people, but not many especially in the post-production part of it. You know, there's very few of us there. It's the films coming out this week. I'm coming out with it and it's terrifying. It's incredibly exciting, but I have to let go now. 
you know, I have to let go and let other people experience it. And then I get back to what you said, which is, I hope I do inspire them. And I do, we talk about this in the film and, it, and Roland touched on it too. It's not, not everybody can write a song, not everybody can play a guitar, but people have something to say. And Mark believed that. He believed that all people had something important to say and express themselves. And I hope I can inspire people. I mean, I'm older now and I wish I was having this experience 30 years ago, but this is the way it turned out and I'm having it now. So I'm young for giving birth this week. But yeah, I, I would like to inspire people. And Billy Idol talks about quite a few people talk who were there when Mark, when they were young and specifically Mark wanted to nurture talent and inspire people so they could, as Billy said, do something important with your life. And God, that's, that's what I hope, but I don't know. I'm so tired. My last question is just, I know Ethan, you just said what you want kind of fans to get out of it. Gloria, Roland, what would you guys like? And also, where can we find the soundtrack? Because you guys got, I mean, like a list people to come in to redo these songs and they sounded fantastic. So I wasn't sure where I could go to get it. So it anywhere, I think it, but at yeah. BMG, it's called Angel Headed Hipster. I took the time, you know, we lost Hal in the early, the record producer in the early days of the pandemic. So this is really bittersweet. And Hal is somebody who loved film. So this is heartbreaking. We didn't only lose Mark, but we lost Hal. And I've told the record company who financed the film to please, please make sure to make it available. It should be, I'm sure it's available digitally, but there's vinyl, which is Hal's dream that everybody listens to this on vinyl. It's a double album. I love the title that Alan, that Hal took from Allen Ginsberg, Angel Headed Hipster. And after trying many titles, I said, that's the best one. But also I thought I would like to, I hope the album lives on and, and people will discover Mark's music. As you say, you go right to yeah. Apple or Spotify. The lists are all there. Spotify, by the way, I discovered in my research has a lot of the work. It's probably bootlegs. I'm sorry, Gloria, but there's a lot of the work that he did in LA with Gloria and some other singers and he redid some of his songs in a more rhythm and soul funky yes. style yes. that you must have arranged yes. and i found those on spotify i'm sure you don't get a penny from it but it's <laughs> but so you know everyone's going to become professor silverman is like sending everybody out there <laughs> and you're going to get angel headed hipster you're going to get the original stuff and you're going to just have a ball and your life will yeah. be forever changed. You know, this film has a lot to offer. And basically, whether you're a music fan or not, there's something for you in this story. There's a lot there and it's a person and, you know, there's something there for you and to where we are now, full circle. That's basically it. So Yeah, and we talk about something else that's important in the film that, you know, Mark was a groundbreaker for people's freedom of expression, not just in music, but in sexuality, in presentation of gender, 
and all those things, he was so way ahead of the curve. Now, of course, he was inspired by Little Richard and all sorts of other people who came before him, but he took it in a very different direction. It was fun, but there was, it's like, be yourself, fly your freak flag and be yourself. Watch me how much fun I'm having. And I think he inspired a lot of people. Bowie and other and Elton John all acknowledge it. They all acknowledge that Mark was the one who was unafraid to be that free first. And that's so true because the music you're speaking of, he had uh, Scott Edwards, who was the bass player for Stevie Wonder, Sylvester Rivers, the arranger for Young Hearts Run Free, Ollie Woodson, who ended up going with the Rolling Stones, the drummer. Uh, he had uh, Ray Parker Jr., Lonnie Jordan from War. So he embraced all of these people and they all embraced him. So he actually came up with the sound in those arrangements because he wanted to try it. And that, that was his life. He, he believed in creating. And I think from this film, that's what you're gonna find. It's okay to create. We are all dream pushers. And I would say, Mark wanted us to dance and he wants everyone to dance. And uh, so from this film, they're gonna come out dancing, I'm sure. Well, I wanna thank you guys so much. We were so excited to speak with you guys today. Thank you for taking extra time to speak with us. It's an honor to talk to all three of you. The film is fantastic. I cannot imagine anything but a full ovation after they see it on Friday. So just thank you guys so much for speaking to us and we could not be more excited. And now I'm in a rabbit hole playing it all day long. I stopped it right before we were talking to you. So <laughs> thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. I It's been an honor. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Silence On Set Podcast. My name is Monica Gleberman. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and stay tuned for more interviews to come. Oh, 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 o